Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Player and the Fan. And we have a very, very special guest with us today. But before we get to our guest, Kiara, what's happening? <laughs> hey, David, how are you? I'm good. I, hey, we trying to just show you some love because the last couple podcasts, you've been a little sensitive. So, you know what I'm saying? We're just trying to make sure we get to you early and often. I have because you develop all these bromances with our guests. You know, I just need to bring back. Listen. At the end of the day, I just need some more women on this podcast that's going to talk to me because y'all start talking about basketball and then I'm just non-existent. So I'm just at the beginning. So listen, no, no, you are very existent. Listen, it's because of you that we have the type of caliber of guests that we have. So congratulations to everybody for playing the fan. Let's get Kiara some love, girl. You're so good, girl. <laughs> that, that's not... <laughs> see, see, that's what I'm talking about, Trey. Hey, see, that's what I'm talking about. See, this, hey, yeah, hey, everybody know I'm a Tar Heel and Kiara's a Tar Heel, but it's always good to have other ACC legends, potential legends, potential uh, greats on the podcast. And today we have done that, ladies and gentlemen. We have Florida State's own. He was number three in the program, but definitely number one in your hearts because his name is Trent Forrest, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast, good brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me, definitely. Hey, so listen, we definitely appreciate you being here. Tell everybody what Trent Forrest has been going, has been doing since the since the last time we seen y'all on the court. That was what, the ACC tournament? Literally, literally, yeah. Um, so I had stayed up in Tallahassee to finish up school for a little bit. Um, so I was up there and then I had summer school as well to uh, start some of my master classes. So I did that. Smart man. After that, I went home for a little bit. Then I came up to Atlanta. So I've been up here for like the last month and a half working out, training and stuff, getting ready for the draft. Okay, speaking of Atlanta, uh, so... I'm, I'm, I'm sure y'all are paying close attention to the election and all of that kind of stuff and, and how, how Georgia has, has come back from being a, Demo a Republican state to now a Democratic state, possibly. Um, it's, it's still up in the air right now. They're still counting votes. Did you exercise your right to vote this year? We ain't going to ask you who you voted for. But yeah. did you did you vote? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had to get an absentee ballot because, I mean, I'm originally from Florida, so... I had to get an absentee ballot up here. Um, but I mean, it's definitely been interesting. My my state, they didn't do the best, but man, it's all good though. <laughs> man, it like it surprises me. And and again, we'll we'll move on from all of this political stuff, but it does surprise me that how how divided the country is. Like, yeah. like for me, I think it really came down to like I honestly, like does he deserve does does the president deserve to have that seat yeah. and, and and for me that's that's kind of what it boiled down to when, when you put politics aside i kind of looked at the character of the man and and it, it you know uh yeah I, I voted for biden if anybody you know that watched this podcast got a problem with that that's okay it's like i don't i don't i don't care what everybody else thinks that's just my opinion and you know it, that's that's the way we roll from there but um but yeah i you know i i thought that that, that's kind of what I looked at when it when it came down to it. And, yeah. and you know, that we, we cast our votes here in North Carolina. North Carolina let us down, too. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what but it is. 
talk to talk to us about how your uh, training process is going, especially with you know all of the COVID stuff and all of that kind of stuff. The the, the process is completely different yeah. this year. There's no pre-draft workouts. There's no there's no uh, there's no pre-draft camp. So you're you're not invited to all of these like Portsmouth, which but, which you would have yeah. definitely been a part of part of like things like that that you didn't get a chance to do. So how are you um, pretty much getting? like letting these NBA teams know what you're working on, how, how you're doing and, and how your process is going. Um, so, I mean, once the season was over, I mean, obviously rested for a little bit, just resting my body. Then after that kind of started getting back to it, just working out with, I was, while I was still in Tallahassee, working out with the coaches and um, basically right after that, they, they allowed the teams to do interviews. And I mean, after meeting with the coaches, they just said, I mean, far as now just, just do as best as you can in the interviews. Just tell them what you're working on, stuff like that. And I mean, I had my agent and my coaches, they were talking to teams, just telling them what I had been doing. So um, just kind of use the kind of collective unit of myself, my agent and the coaches, just to talk to different teams. And then from there, um, you really didn't know when a combine was coming or anything like that. So it was really just, just make sure you stay ready, stay in shape. So a lot of it was just still training. Um, I mean, until we got to a point where we knew we were going to have somewhat of a combine then, a lot of my stuff kind of got it more specific to that. Um, once we knew it would be kind of virtual or whatever, and they would just send it out to all the teams. So just preparing for the drills that they had me doing there. Um, so probably a week and a half before my day, I just did a lot of the stuff that I was going to do there just to make sure I was ready for it. And then, I mean, after that, that was literally last week so I did that and then now just still just working out staying in shape until time for the draft so that's kind of been what it's been for me since the season got kind of cut short so just I want to ask you you know how have you been dealing with everything virtually because there's no in-person other than Atlanta being wide open for everything um you've, you've had to handle interviews virtually and just workouts virtually what has that been like for you oh it's, it's definitely been different a little bit. Um, after the first interview that I had with the team, I mean, after that, I got really comfortable with them. Um, just by then, I, I knew what they expect. And I mean, I've always did a good job just representing myself, talking to teams, things like that. So the interviews have been great, honestly. Um, I mean, other than that, the only, I guess, downfall to it is they, they just can't see you work out in person. It's hard to kind of virtually see a workout or anything like that. So they really don't know kind of like, like we were just talking about what you've been doing, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's definitely a negative side to it, but at the same time, I mean, they, they have the film and stuff. So on some of the calls, we would go over my film, things like that. So, I mean, it's, it shows kind of a different aspect of the game to um, the people in the front offices. But other than that, it, it's been very good. And and I was I was gonna say that a little bit. I was I was like, there is a there is a good and a bad uh to to what's happening this year because I, I can go back to when I came out in 2006. My mindset was to chase down anybody in my position who was ahead of me in the draft. Yeah. And 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 in any workout, I'm trying to get oh, them. Yeah. And see, you don't have that opportunity this year. So the guys that may be ahead of you in the draft or that may that you may be clumped together with. You don't have a chance to separate yourself now. Now again, the character is is a very huge part of it, and so how you carry yourself, what you have represented Florida State, 
tremendously over the last four years. But so let's talk about that a little bit. What made you choose Florida State over some of the other schools? Like I, I'm looking at Miami. I'm yeah. looking at Georgia Tech, Tennessee, UCF, Wichita State, Scott, uh, schools like that. What made you choose Florida State over those schools? Uh, I think it was a little bit of, I mean, a few things. I mean, Florida State was kind of just in my family. Um, my cousin played football there years ago, ended up going to the NFL. My aunt, she ended up going to school there years ago as well. But, I mean, kind of growing up in that, I always seen Florida State, but it was for the football side of it. It, it wasn't even for basketball. So I kind of always knew who they were as a football school. Then just once I started to get pretty good in basketball, my parents and family, they never really forced it on me. So I honestly was kind of wide open with it. Um, but the coaches over there, they see me the first time in the eighth grade. So super young, they, they saw me and just talked to me for a little bit. And then after that, they just built the relationship. So, I mean, I trusted those guys and the way that I saw Coach Ham relate to my mom and how I could relate to him. Um, I mean, it was just an easy decision for me. And I, I seen the vision that he had for my class coming in. So I, I knew we were going to be able to kind of change the culture surrounding basketball. And that was something I wanted to do. And plus, it was only an hour away from home. And I really wanted my people to be able to come watch me play. So that was a big part of it as well. I just want to elaborate more on your time at Florida State. Uh, just take us through your freshman to your senior year. Well, actually, take us to... The, before you hit the ACC tournament, I, I can only imagine what that looked like. But um, just take us through those four years and what that was like for you. Yeah, um, definitely a big change to, I guess, some extent. Um, coming from Chipley to Tallahassee, um, if you've beat it, been in Chipley before, it's very small. I mean, it's only like 3,000 people. So just going from kind of tight-knit community to hundreds of thousands of people, um, to a bigger gym, playing on bigger stages. That was definitely different. Uh, I mean, coming into it, I mean, as far as Chipley goes, I was playing against basically the smallest classification in Florida, so 1A. But I had the experience playing against, I mean, other good players in EYBL. So coming into it, I, I knew the talent that I was going to be playing against, and I knew our team was going to be pretty good coming in my freshman year. So for me, it was just finding – finding what was going to keep me on the court. And I, I knew that it would be my energy and defense my freshman year. So freshman year, that's what I focused on a lot, just being able to affect the game that way, defensively bringing energy off the bench. And then kind of just after that, I just built on it each year, um, going into my sophomore year, still coming off the bench, bringing energy, playing more minutes. So just becoming a more point guard, learning the game from older players. And then my junior and senior year, I kind of feel like I just – kind of transitioning to a complete and more more all-around player for our team, just one of the main leaders on the team. So from watching film to talking to teammates, making sure we're all on the same page, things like that. And then, I mean, we were playing really well my last two years, so just making sure we're still playing at a high level. So just the transition each year, I mean, I feel like I definitely improved, and, I mean, it was a great time. Now, I'm not sure if – I'm not sure if Carolina does this. I don't think I've ever asked you, David, but I know at Duke uh, every year, Coach K has this binder that he gives out to his his players. And, you know, every summer, this is what you work on during the summer in your notebook and you bring it back. You guys evaluate it and you go from there. Um, was there something like that with you guys? I don't know if Coach Ham has something like that where before you leave for the summer, here's 
what I need for you to work on and come back and we'll reevaluate it. Yeah, nah, he doesn't really do, I mean, notebooks or anything like that. But after the season, you he kind of assigns you to certain coaches. And after the season, you and that coaches sit down and kind of talk about the year that you had and then kind of what you need to do going into the next year. So we definitely had something like that in place. And like I said, each year we kind of built on that and worked towards just where I wanted to end up being at. So like I said, my freshman year, I kind of came in. I really didn't have any specific things to work on coming in as a freshman because I really didn't know. And then after that year, I mean, I sat down, coach kind of broke it down. Was, you, you were good this year, bringing energy off the bench, defense. But next year, I mean, we're losing eggs. We're losing bacon, John Isaac. We were lo losing like five people that year. So he said the opportunities were going to be there. So just, I mean, make sure you know the offense, being able to run a team, um, stuff like that. So that year I kind of did what he said. I had a, had a really good year. Um, I just ended up... <clears throat> getting a bruised knee probably two days before our first game. So I was out like the first couple of games of the season. But after that, I mean, I, I hit a good rhythm and then kind of just the same thing. Junior, senior year, we kind of did the same same thing. Just talk about what happened that year, what I needed to get better at. So it was definitely something like that. Speaking of, and and, and that that was cute, Kier, bringing up Duke and a little notebook. But yeah, I ain't, I ain't gonna say nothing about that. I ain't gonna say that. I'm, I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide. Cause we 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 don't we don't do that at North Carolina. You know, I, you know, I, I've been everybody everybody that listens to yeah, everybody listen to this little our, our podcast understands how critical I am sometimes of North Carolina and their player development. Um, but I will say this. Like you, you mentioned something, uh, uh, Trent, when you said playing against older guys. So your, you guys, your former players coming back to Florida State, and you guys getting a chance to play against some of the guys who had been there before you. Um, and that's what we have at North Carolina. Yeah. Like we had guys like Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson, Shamar Williams, all the big Voss. We we had we had plenty of Jerry Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace. And, and even when we were done, your Raymond Feltons, your Sean Mays, all of, all of these players that are coming back and playing against the the current guys and and teaching them ways, you know, to get better in, in whatever you're doing. Uh, so speak to that that kind of uh, family atmosphere that you guys have down there. One of one of my good friends, man, his name Ralph Mims. Yeah. I don't know if Ralph still come back, but Ralph is my guy. Isaiah Swan, yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah play with – hey, and Swan is a bucket, too. Yeah. Hey, Ralph used to be a bucket, too, now. <laughs> so, shout out to my boys, Isaiah Swan and uh, Ralph Mills, man. Um, but but guys like that coming back to Florida State, how did it help you improve your game probably a little bit more quicker than it would have with you just working on it by, the show, yeah. by yourself? Excuse me. Uh, I mean, it helps a lot. helps a lot. I mean – learning from somebody that's been through it already and kind of knows what it takes. I mean, you, you get to see the ins and outs of it, see the things that they went through. I mean, just learning from their experience. So it's a lot, I mean, just both on and off the court that you can learn from them. And then obviously with guys that's professional, you, you get to see what, what they're looking for at that level. That's going to help you succeed. So, I mean, I feel like definitely now we're starting to get a lot more guys coming back because we're, we're putting guys in the NBA. So you got Bacon, Terrence Mann, Fiondu Cabangeli, John Isaac. I mean, when those guys come back, like you said, we do play, but 
they tell us, I mean, about all their stories, about everything that we kind of need to do at Florida State that translates to the next level that's going to get us there. So, I mean, it's a win-win on every side of it when you look at it. Sorry. So I know for me, I, I just knew that this year for Florida State, wait, let me back this up a little bit. Do you feel like Florida State doesn't get the proper recognition that they should within the ACC? Like whenever we're talking about great schools or competitive schools, you know, we, we kind of fall silent on Florida State. Yeah. Why do you think that? And, you know, how can we get Florida State in the conversation of really highly competitive ACC basketball programs? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like it's a couple reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be a little to some people but I would definitely would say just because we have a black head coach I feel like that's definitely part of it um just I boy you like, said something right there boy <laughs> hey you said something right there we're gonna keep going yeah nah um I feel like that's a big part of it and he just I mean when you think about basketball and just in general athletes um I mean you think of a guy like coach Ham and you're gonna be like oh they're athletic they can run fast gonna play defense but you don't kind of hear the same things when it comes to like the Duke or the Carolinas. It's more, oh, these guys are smart. But I mean, when you look at it, these last few years, we've been one of the best teams in the ACC. We've beaten these teams. And it's because of Coach Ham. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. So I definitely feel like that's a big part of it. But also just because Florida State has been, like I said, a football school for so many years. Um, you're just not used to them really being good in basketball. I mean, they've been a big, big football school for the last 20 plus years, just with Bobby Bowden winning the national championships, all that. So, I mean, it's, it's years that Coach Ham really didn't get that he has now. So, I mean, he has to make up for those years that, that Florida State kind of missed out on basketball. I mean, when you talk about Duke, Carolina, Syracuse, Louisville, you talk about teams that's been good for – I mean, the last 30, 40 years, and that just wasn't Florida State. So I definitely feel like those two are probably the biggest reasons why, I mean, we don't get enough respect, but I feel like the narrative is definitely changing around that now. So do you think that there's anything that Florida State can do, or is that just something that's just going to have to come with time? Um, I definitely feel like it's going to have to come with time. Uh, I mean, the last five years, I mean, you've definitely seen it changing, and I mean, it's still not where it's supposed to be. You've seen the five stars coming to Florida State. You've seen Coach Ham put guys in the NBA. So, I mean, you, you definitely can tell it's turning a little bit. Just even from my first year, we, I mean, were six in the country and ended up losing in the second round of the tournament. Then my sophomore year, we make it to the Elite Eight. Then junior year, we make it to the Sweet 16. We probably would have made it further. We just had some injuries at the wrong time. And then this year, I mean, we probably would have been in the Final Four, but we had COVID happen. So it's definitely going to come with time. And like I said, like this year was probably our best year and people kind of knew who we were nationally. So I definitely feel like it's going to come with time. And I would say, too, I mean, we, we have to get to that point to a Final Four for I feel like people to – kind of realize for sure that we're like that like I said I mean we missed out on the opportunity this year but I feel like they'll definitely be back so so that's go ahead my bad go ahead go ahead 
because that's what I was going to touch on. And, and, and those were really my two reasons why. I was going to put Coach Hamilton being an African-American coach second because I, I do feel like, like Florida State has always been a football school. Yeah. It's only been recently that they've been kind of falling off football wise exactly. and, and you guys have kind of taken the forefront. So that that's what I'll say is number one, because all, all of the other schools in the ACC are pretty much basketball schools, which yeah. Carolina Dukes, all of your top, your top schools in the ACC. But so I will say that as one. But number two, I do completely agree with you that because Coach Hamilton is an African-American coach that you guys don't get the, the credit that you guys deserve that I feel like. Because each and every year, even when I was there, Florida State was one of the toughest places to play in the ACC by far. Like y'all fans, y'all fans wouldn't get there to about halfway through the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> through, the first, through the first half. But when they got there, oh, that joint started jumping. Yeah. It started jumping with your little, oh, this yeah. little, little chops and all that kind of stuff. So the atmosphere down there at Florida State, um, especially for, for a team like Carolina or your Dukes or some of, the, some of the other bigger schools in the ACC, but the PC is y'all brought it every single game, yeah. even, even when y'all weren't playing us. And, and, and that's, a, that's a testament to Coach Hamilton and how he coaches his teams. Um, but uh, I think my question is, like, uh, uh, aside from that, what do you think it is going to take? Because you guys are starting to get the five stars and all that kind of stuff now. Um, what do you think it is going to take uh, for, I don't want to say to get for, for, because this is really about Coach Hamilton, yeah. for Coach Hamilton to start getting the recognition that he deserves as one of probably the greatest coaches to ever do it for real. For real. Um, I de- like I just said, I feel like he definitely has to get a national title um that's really the only thing he's missing on his resume as a head coach is just that national title and I feel like until then it's it's he still won't get enough credit that he really deserves until that happens um and I feel like he's definitely knocking on the door he's right he's so close to getting it that I mean once it happens I feel like definitely that narrative is going to change do you think this year is the year Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think the past, if we would have finished this year, I feel like he honestly could have went back to back, back to back. Ooh, That's tough. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask that. I, so do you feel like, so I remember like, so I, I kind of knew that the ACC tournament was going to shut down. Like when you guys were coming out, y'all's faces were just like, what the F is going on? Walk mm-hmm. a little bit through those moments. Like, even like you guys receiving that trophy, it didn't even feel like, I'm not going to say that y'all didn't want it, but it just felt like, like what? They, want it. they wanted to prove themselves. They ain't want it for that. real. I, it, <laughs> it, it just felt like, I mean, I guess. Like, I mean, that's what it kind of right, yeah. felt like. I mean, okay. So uh, walk us through those, those moments of, you know, being told that the tournament is over, that you guys won the ACC, and that it's, it's just a wrap. Yeah. No, I mean, just even when we got up that day, just, I mean, you've seen all the tournaments were getting canceled. And, I mean, they were like, yeah, we're still going to play. So we're like, okay, um, that like, all right, we'll get there when we get there. But <laughs> you could still tell kind of it was kind of off. So, I mean, we went through the whole day. Um, get to the gym 
I mean, it's nothing but like our parents and the cheerleaders in there. So we're warming up, thinking we're about to play. And then, I mean, they tell us. So, I mean, we were definitely devastated about it. And then um, after that, I mean, it's definitely what you guys just said. We, we were like, I mean, I guess, yeah, we finished as the number one <laughs> seed, but I mean, we really didn't want to win it that way at all. Like we definitely felt like we could have won it outright and beat whoever we had to play. Um, so it definitely hurt us that way, but I mean, you kind of just got to go with it. So, so the, I, hold on. So yeah. <laughs> how far do you think you guys could have went in the tournament? The, he said the final four. I mean, he, he, he meant that when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. I mean, I, I just, do you feel like it was stolen from you? That's, I feel like stolen is such a strong word, but that's what I was trying to get to. Do you feel like this year was kind of taken from you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, like I said, we had one of the best teams in the country. And I feel like whoever we would have played, we would have matched up well with whoever in the country. I mean, we if we needed to go big, we could do that. If we needed to play small ball, we could do that. And I just feel like we, we had the right team to do it and the right pieces. So I definitely feel like, uh, like you said, I don't know if I would say stolen, but just kind of missed the opportunity for it to happen. You want to know why? You want to know why that that it that it was like that? Because <laughs> Carolina won't know good this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's why all this happened but 2020 been some absolute trash <laughs> it's been terrible hey but uh so talk about your your relationship with you and coach hamilton like he I, for me it felt like he had tremendous trust in you yeah. like when you guys were up when you guys were down he always wanted the ball in your hand so this is kind of going to be a two-part question because because I, I want to know what do you think your best position is on the floor, the one or the two, because you came in as a combo, but late late game situations, the ball was in your hands. So speak to the trust that Coach uh, Hamilton had in you, like with you leading the lead in, uh, leading the team in uh, minutes and assists. You were second in scoring, but just kind of talk about that trust that, that, that you had built with Coach Hamilton and, Co and Coach Hamilton and trusting you with the ball in your hands late game situations. Uh, I would say it started, honestly – back in recruiting um just how coach ham is how he grew up just how he, how his dad raised him i feel like it was very similar to how i was kind of brought up so i automatically kind of i guess like leached on to coach ham almost just because i seen kind of myself in just the same situation in him so it was, i felt like a lot i could learn from him and on top of that i mean he's coach post things like that so i was always kind of like a sponge in a sense to coach him. Like I always wanted to hear stories that he had, stuff like that. So just going from then and then once I got into college, just working my way through through the system, um, coach him knew I was going to come in and get my work in, do what I was supposed to do on and off the court. Knew I knew my plays, knew I knew the defensive system. And then once, like you said, once I got to like my junior and senior year, he knew I was going to make the right play. He knew, I knew what was supposed to happen, when it was supposed to happen. And, and like I said, we kind of grew up the same. We're two guys that, I mean, no matter if things are going good, we're always the same way. Or if they're going bad, we're always kind of going to stay the same way throughout every situation. So 
I feel like that's a big part of it too. And I mean, you see Coach Ham on the sideline and you see kind of the straight face. You really don't see no emotion, no matter what's happening. And that's basically the same way I am. I'm kind of going to stay even killed the whole time. Um, so I would say that's definitely how a relationship got like that. And I mean, as far as me, I feel like I can play any position. I mean, guard wise or wing wise that you need me to, but I, I definitely feel like I'm a point guard for sure. Uh, okay. is, is there anything else to that question, David? No. Okay, just making sure. I, I, I saw it on your lip a little bit. I thought there was something else you wanted to ask. <laughs> the girl, hush. Ask your question. <laughs> so talk about the fun things that you remember at Florida State. We're about to head into your professional life, but, um, oh, wait, hold on. Let me bring that back before. I feel like it's the ending question. So the NCAA is granting an extra year to players, um, has that crossed your mind a little bit to, to stay an extra year and kind of, you know, go back on that revenge tour or are you just like, you want to just leave the pieces where they lie? Yeah, no, I definitely left them kind of where they was at. Uh, I mean, they have a good class coming in. They have a lot of good returners. So, I mean, I feel like I accomplished as much as I could during my four years. So, I mean, for me, it, it really wasn't no, question I guess if I was going back or not um so yeah that was really about it I, I definitely I mean I had a great career um did a lot of stuff that I mean that were my goals so I, I was fine with that and okay with that um so yeah then I forgot that's that's interesting it is because if it was that's me, interesting David would you go back Oh, I absolutely would have went back <laughs> I, I, I'd have went back for sure just simply because like, I felt like, because again, like, for, for me, I just felt like everything was like so uncertain. Um, I was a second round draft pick, but I but I really didn't know. I, I, I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Then once I started the draft process, I kind of knew because yeah. I, I was able to get in front of, you know what I'm saying? But but with your situation, again, it's it's a little bit different. Um, and, and, and again, I, I, for whatever reason, I, I just I I told Kiara before we started I was like yeah he would have he he would have went back you know what I'm saying but but to hear you say that you wouldn't go back like that's that's very interesting because I feel like a lot of a lot of guys in your situation uh but but it also it also to me it also shows how much you believe in yourself too and and that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest things uh that 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 any 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 young guy coming out can can do is believe in themselves, bet on themselves, so to speak. And with you doing that, bro, all 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 praise to you. I I, I wish you the best of luck uh, with with this upcoming coming draft and all that kind of stuff. And 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 definitely do what you're supposed to do, brother. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> appreciate it's it. Kind of mature, because yeah. if I mean that's when you let your ego go, because most people who are absolutely feel like they have to go and revenge themselves. So it's definitely yeah. Cause I might have been back like this. <laughs> yeah. I've been back, bro. You can, I mean, you can kind of tell, like you said. You know, I mean, you can, you get that feeling if you know. I mean, like, like you said, you know when things are, yeah, kind of supposed to happen. Things like that. I mean, if I go back, who knows what's not saying nothing bad would happen, but I mean, it's just you got people coming in already that was supposed to replace me. You got to deal with scholarships, all type of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely felt comfortable with where I was at and I, I knew things were going to work out for me. So, 
I was straight with my decision. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, brother. All right. Well, my other question was going to be um, outside of basketball, what type of, of fun things do you do you want to remember of Florida State? You know, college is kind of like the last point of not childhood per se, but it's like the last time that, you know, you're kind of in that. But you ain't got no worries. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You ain't got no worries. That, look, that's why I was going back. I ain't yeah. want no worries. <laughs> God, bro, that that when that when your senior years up, you look back and be like, bro, golly, bro, here come this real world, and that thing hits you in the head like this. <laughs> like, yeah, but but yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's a lot of stuff I say I'm a miss or that I'm always remember. Just I say one, probably just the relationships I have with my teammates. Um, that's definitely one thing, just being able to see them every day, being around them. I mean, you really got different personalities. So, I mean, you get to learn so much from them and they, they really became like family to me. So I definitely feel like that's probably going to be the first thing I would say I would miss. Um, then kind of going along with that, just the coaches, just all their experiences. Like you said, it's real life after that. I mean, after college, you coaches at the next level they really don't they're not going to explain stuff to you like coaches in nope. the NBA or overseas is going to do they not going to ask you about how your family doing that it's just I mean diff, a different type of vibe so you you're not going to get that with the coaches at the next level so definitely miss kind of that part of it um making hold the, on let me let me let me stop let me stop you a little bit right there in Tallahassee so from going to professors to your classmates or whatever missing that um, definitely don't always remember that for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to interject a little bit right there. Coaches at the next level, they will. They will. It won't be like college, for sure. If you can't catch up, then they're going to leave you on the wayside. Where in college, they're going to grab your hand, they're going to pull you along a little bit, that kind of deal. But coaches at the next level, they will They will ask about your family. They will. They will talk to you a little bit. But it's up to you yeah. to keep up with them versus yeah. them trying to keep up with you. Yeah. That, that's what I'll say is the difference um, from, from college to the pro level. It is a hot topic. All right. Favorite place to play? Bang. Ooh. Uh... Say Dean don't. <laughs> no, nah, you know, probably Carolina. They the atmosphere and just how the fans get into it before the game is, is definitely lit for sure. Oh, that's tough. What? Yeah, it is, that's it is. Tough. Worst fans in the ACC. You said worst fans. Worst fans mm -hmm. in the ACC. Uh, yeah, probably Duke. Probably. <laughs> um, what is the how, how would you phrase it, David? The most creative fans, I guess. Have you ever seen a fan that just did something completely outrageous that made you go like, what the F? Oh, uh, not that I can remember. Not that I can remember. They didn't do, like, I don't remember. Like, once you get in the game, you really don't think about it. But I'm sure somebody did something probably while we was warming up. They, like... They'll mimic like our strength coach when he be stretching us, and he'll just like stare at him. So that's something I probably I probably say something like that. Something he did. All right. Uh, favorite coach hand moment. Ooh. 
I probably I probably could give you a couple, but uh, I say usually when because usually in our practices, Coach Ham kind of be on the side. He really won't say too much. Let the assistants run practice, and then like if we like having a bad section of practice or he sees something like the big's not doing, he'll like get off the phone and be like, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> stop the whole practice and everybody just kind of stop. You stop the clock, the stop and all type of stuff. So I definitely probably say that. Favorite teammate moment? Um, um, I'd probably say this year when we won the regular season after our Boston College game, um, just for myself and for the older guys that were on the team, just to see how far we kind of came from our, our freshman year. So, I mean, I was really the only senior from that class, but we had a lot of walk-ons that came in that year with me. So just to see kind of how far we came, um, I mean, you kind of could just see it on our faces. Just we knew we kind of had did what we've been trying to do the last couple of years. And then for everybody else, for them to be able to experience that, I mean, it was great. And lastly, if you did not go to Florida State, where would you have ended up? <laughs> uh, my next two schools that I probably would have chose between, I think it was probably the Stanford or Texas A&M, probably one of them two. But the crazy thing was right before, before Billy Donovan left, they had just started recruiting me and they were kind of already good in basketball. They had two national titles already. So if they probably would have offered me, I probably would, they probably would have been up there too. So I don't know. Mm. I got one. I got one. I got a hot take. <laughs> Who was the toughest person for you to guard your four years at Florida State? And it can be a teammate. Yeah, no, nah, we've seen a lot of players, a lot of tough players. Uh, I probably would say Kyle Bowman that went to Boston College, or him or Ty's battle, because they, they both were fast and both could score the ball really good. And they were the only two people in my four years that got like oh, almost 40 on us. So I would definitely Yeesh. say one of them too. <laughs> Kyle Bowman is a certified bucket, bro. Bucket, yeah, you <laughs> can score that right. Wait, you you might not want to answer this one, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Is there a player that you went up against that wasn't worth the hype? Oh, I'm, I feel like it was a lot of players like that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I feel like definitely I go with Trey Jones from this year. I mean, just going into the game, I felt like he was overhyped. Uh, that's probably the first one that can come to. I probably, if I could go back and look at games, I probably could tell you some more from my four years. But I probably would say that one might be the first one off the top of my head. Do you do you believe Trey Jones is overhyped, Kier? <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, I really, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. But I'm not the one being interviewed here. I thought somebody Right, right, right. I I just I just I wanted to know just simply because like I really do feel the same way. I do think he is a really good college basketball player though. Yeah. I will say that. 
He fits the system at Duke. He has great moments. He has really great moments that kind of outshine his ability to play, I think. I think he has those, yeah, he has great leadership qualities. Yeah, I agree with that. I do not see him as an NBA player, though, and I think he's going to get drafted. That's that's the crazy part. Yeah, and I mean, he got a lot of defensive hype, which I'm not taking nothing away. He is a good defender, but, I mean, it's a different – anybody going to be a good defender when you got Zion and R.J. Barrett and both the passing lanes trying to steal everything. And then I forgot who their big was, but you have somebody back there, too, that can kind of protect the rim. So, I mean – I feel like this year we was able to kind of really show it kind of that he really wasn't as good. As, I mean, he is, like I said, he is a good defender, but I feel like that was part of it too. Is just, I mean, you got two really good gap help defenders with Zion who, I mean, if you throw it in his gap, it, it's probably getting stolen. And then, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. That's just my take on it. But. <laughs> okay, wait, I have one, one more. Is, is there any... <laughs> Because <laughs> they just keep coming to my head. Is there any team that you're specifically uh, kind of preparing for? Like, are you looking at the draft list? Are you, you know, talking with your agent? Are you looking at, you know, any hypotheticals that you're like, okay, this might be the team. Let me prepare for, you know, possibly going here. Oh, uh, I guess to some extent, we really didn't talk about, I guess, specific teams, but. I mean, you, you can tell as a player what, what kind of system fits you best. And I think for me, somebody like myself, I feel like probably like a Heat or a Spurs. I knew, I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. Like, it's crazy because like, I, like, I, I knew you, I knew you were going to say either the Heat or the Spurs because one, one, they do a great job of developing guys like like you. Yeah. Like your 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 kind of your tweeners, the the he possibly could be this if he worked on this. Yeah. And they do a great job of developing and those those type of guys. And I I'll um and when you so when you say in Miami, uh of course that's home, but San Antonio does the same thing. Okay, I think yeah. Boston does the same thing. Uh so I, I do I do I I can see those three three teams being teams that that you would fit in like right away, not yeah. even with with any any type of hesitation. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. I mean, it's those like you said, those situations are basically kind of what I come from at Florida State teams that are tough stuff like that. Like you said, going to develop you and put you in the right position. So I definitely would say that for sure. All right, those are those are our that's good stuff. Yeah. We definitely appreciate you joining us today, Trent, man. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Trent Forrest. He is a, a, a solid dude, man. Solid dude. So listen, man, we wish you the best of luck in, in all your endeavors that, that are that are about to come your way. Um, keep doing your thing. Keep training. Um, hopefully this COVID thing slow down so, so, so you can get you a job, get drafted, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's really about it. Pierre Rose. Yeah. See, this is what I thought. Might have <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I didn't. It started breaking up, so I didn't really hear nothing. I said, whenever you get drafted and I, I text you, hey, we need you back on the podcast, I expect a swift answer. <laughs> no, I, I, def- I wouldn't do you like that. I wouldn't do you like that. That's what he says now. We'll see you in about three years. I'm like, all right. 
what's up and you not answering my right. question. After, after that, that second contract kicking in, Joker get different. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him change the trick. Don't let him change it. That's good stuff. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another edition of the Play and the Fan. We holla.